the words obsessive compulsive disorder still conjure up someone washing their hands to a multiple of three or meticulously cleaning their home, it's time we updated our image. OCD is a complex disorder that manifests in many different ways, but at its core is the pain of uncertainty and desperate attempts to relieve that. It took Penny Moody 23 years to be diagnosed with OCD and now she's telling her story to help break some of the stereotypes and open the door to other people to find help as well. Her memoir is called The Joy Thief. Penny, welcome to Life Matters. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming in. Now, you were seven when you first started experiencing symptoms of OCD. How did it present and, and what what form did the obsessions take? Yeah, when I was about seven, I guess the thoughts that started to occur were ones around, um, you know, something terrible happening to my parents, which are really normal thoughts for young kids to have. Um, But they started worrying me so much that I then started to kind of develop these behaviours to try to, I guess, lessen the the anxiety that they provoked. Um, and, And from there, it kind of just kept changing and transforming, but they were kind of the the very initial thoughts that I experienced. And so what were some of the behaviours that that you developed Mm. to try and allay the anxieties around those thoughts? Yeah, so I think initially they were things like knocking on wood, um, you know, doing things, uh, sort of having a bit of a bedtime routine, especially if my parents were out and we had a babysitter. I thought if I do these things in a certain order before I fall asleep, I will keep them safe. So it's this over-inflated sense of responsibility um, from such a young age. Um, So they were the kind of initial um, compulsions, I guess, that I was doing. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting reading the book uh, with, mm. as someone who didn't have a huge knowledge of OCD mm. beforehand and going, okay, so there's the thoughts and then there's the behaviours which are the compulsions, the obsessive thoughts, the compulsive behaviours. Uh, what does it feel like to live with, Penny? Does it feel like part of you or something outside of you? You should just oh, see Penny's face. Gosh, it's <laughs> a really hard wide. question. I think for so long I thought it was part of me. I thought it was something, well, I guess initially as a little kid I thought maybe everyone has these thoughts and then everyone does these these behaviours, even though I kind of knew from a, a young age to keep it kind of secret. Um, as I got a bit older I just started thinking there's something wrong with me, there's something fundamentally wrong with me. Um, and it's really, it's really scary. It's really isolating. Um, it's, it's torture, I guess, not, not knowing what it is, but kind of suffering, um, I guess, a lot of the time very much in silence. I was so struck by one point in the book where you said OCD, your OCD is a bully, you mm. know, give yourself some, some rest from it. You know, mm. it's some amazing advice to fellow sufferers in there. Mm. How did you work out that this is what was afflicting you? Yeah, it took a very long time, as you mentioned before. Um, I did end up seeing a psychologist, well, quite a few psychologists um, from about the age of 19, and I kept getting, I guess, kind of misdiagnosed as as general anxiety disorder, um, which happens a lot. Um, uh, Over time, I... I I just stopped seeing psychologists for a long time because nothing was really getting better. Um, But what really changed it for me was opening up, I think it was the good weekend, about 10, oh, probably about 10 years ago now, and reading someone's account of their OCD. And it was a really painfully honest account. It was anonymous, um, but that article 
it just changed my life and I kind of self-diagnosed, I guess, from there. Um, and it would still be years before I actually saw a, an, a specialist, I guess, in OCD, but that from that moment onwards, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone. It's not just me. Yeah, it is pretty torturous reading about this long, long, hard journey mm. to getting the right kind of help. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment, Penny Moody. But yeah. uh, when we think about the misconceptions around OCD, tell us a bit about the difference between OCD and generalised generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah, it's a really good question because there are often overlaps and often people with OCD will actually experience anxiety. And depression. And depression, absolutely. Um, so it can be really hard, but I guess the one of the big differences is, um, you know, with OCD, you experience intrusive thoughts, which you can with anxiety as well. But the next thing is that you develop these compulsions, these repetitive behaviours that are used to kind of neutralise the anxiety that the obsessions are provoking, or to, I guess, um, you maybe stop a, a, um, a feared outcome from occurring. Um, so that's usually the difference is those compulsions. Um, I guess another difference would be that often the thoughts that you're having with OCD are what is called e um, ego dystonic. So they're very counter to our core values. Whereas with anxiety, I mean, that can happen, but usually you're worried about um, things that, that aren't so so counter to your values, um, but you're just putting, um, you're sort of distressing way more about kind of maybe more everyday things. And that's a generalisation, but that's generally the difference. Well, I think that was one of the most powerful books, uh, parts of the book for mm. me. The book is called The Joy Thief, uh, is the, how those thoughts can be so horrific, you know, like I might damage mm. the people, clo people closest to mm. me, I might be a racist, those mm. kinds of things. I might be, you know... It, therefore fundamentally unlovable because yes. that's a horrible thing to me. That's against my values. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how shame gets knitted into that because uh, one person you saw, Dr Andrea Wallace, was really helpful in unpicking that, wasn't she? Oh, she was. She was absolutely life-changing for me. Um, yeah, shame is something that I guess comes along with OCD because you're experiencing these thoughts which which everyone does, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of universal. But, but with OCD, you experience what I think a, a psychologist, um, Stanley Rackman, called a catastrophic misinterpretation of these thoughts. Um, so you have the thought and then you think, I must be that or I'm going to do that because of the thought. And because of that, you 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 start to believe it, and you start to believe you're a, you're a bad person, or you're a strange person, or you're like you said unlovable, um, and shame very much gets folded into all of that, and that's why um, self compassion is like a huge part of treatment for for OCD, which I, I kind of realised um, when I started seeing someone who specialised in OCD, um, and also researching for this book as well. So, how much do we know about the causes, and therefore what helps mm. treat it effectively? Yeah, it's a hard question. I think there's so much research being done currently, um, but it's it's thought to be both biological and learned. So, you know, there, there are genetic factors to it. And a recent study you know, from a Queensland university showed that, you know, the brains of those with OCD are, do kind of work differently and the serotonin is kind of um, moving around differently. It's a very simple way of putting it. Um, but there are those biological components, which is why medication can be so useful for some people. But then there's also the learnt component, which is why, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy is also really, um, really useful. Well, and tell us about a particular kind of therapy that worked really well for you and yeah. works for a lot of people, exposure response 
prevention? Is yes. that how it, yeah. yeah, yeah, ERP, so exposure and response prevention therapy. So that's a kind of um, cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, but for OCD, I guess it's got the most research behind it. And that's um, exposing yourself to what it is that you might be fearing, what it is that you might be obsessing about. So trying to um, bring on the anxiety, which sounds terrifying and it can be. Um, but the second part to that is trying not to play out your compulsion because we know that the more compulsions we do, the more it's fueling the OCD, the more that the thoughts will come back and come back. So it's trying to sit with the anxiety and the idea is that over time you'll experience something called habituation, so the anxiety will lessen. So is it a bit like a cognitive behavioural therapy? If you if you break that connection between the thought and the compulsion, you're rewiring your neural pathways a bit. Absolutely, that's exactly what you're doing. You're rewiring um, neural pathways, which is which is why you know the, the earlier you can get on to, to this, the better. Because I mean, I had 23 years of this one, you know, kind of paving the way in my brain, going this one way, and trying to kind of um, pave a new path. Is, is really difficult and it, it can absolutely be done, but it, you know, it, it can get a bit harder as, as um, the years go by, but that's exactly what you're doing, yeah. Tell us a little bit, Penny, about the, the impact on your relationships over those 23 years. I mean, they're pretty mm. formative years, aren't yeah, they? Your teenage they years, your early yeah. 20s. Yeah, look, it's hard. I think most people, a lot of people with OCD just, like I said before, learn to hide it. So a lot of the time, you know, a lot of your loved ones won't even know what you're going through. They might know something's not quite right. Um, but if you don't have really overt compulsions, which a lot of people actually don't, um, a lot of people just won't know. Um, and, you know, a lot of people with OCD very much want to appear okay, appear competent, appear, you know, and so you do really try to hide it, which can absolutely affect relationships. Um I was lucky enough to be able to talk to my mum and dad about it and that was enormously helpful for me. Um, but relationships over the years absolutely suffered because I just didn't know. I didn't have the words. I didn't have the language. So there was a lot unsaid, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. you are coincidentally married to Hugh Van Kylenberg, who was filling in on this program recently, <laughs> yes, which yep. we only kind of worked out after we, you know, taken the book on and <laughs> yeah. got halfway through it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and you very bravely, I thought, put a section in mm. with his reflections on <laughs> yes, your relationship. that was brave, yep. Yeah, how was it for you reading that? Yeah, oh, I was really grateful that Hugh would want to do that. He has always been just wanted to understand, you know, he's really um, been so supportive. And I talked about this briefly in the book, but one of the best things we did was see my psychologist together so that she could explain it. Um, and she could explain it much better than I could. And it was without all the emotional baggage. And that that really changed thing for, things for us. And, you know, I, I think since then he's He's learnt a lot about OCD. He's learnt a lot about how I deal with it. Um, and it's been hard for him. It's really hard for loved ones of people with any mental illness. But OCD can be particularly hard sometimes um, because what you want to do, which a lot of the time is provide reassurance, is often not the best thing to do. Well, one of the hardest bits of the book to read was mm. for me was Rose's story about her oh, daughter, Edie, yeah. who was so young when her symptoms, really yeah. severe symptoms, started to present. Mm. And a lot of the parents in the book seem to have to fight really hard to get the right yeah. kind of help. What what came kind of stood out for you from Rose and 
Katie's story. Oh, gosh, how important it is to be an advocate for your kid. Like, she was just so inspiring to me because she was just, she knew something wasn't right. Um, and, and, And she kind of, and this is so common at the moment, she kind of had to like self, well, sort of diagnose her daughter and then say to the specialists, this is what I think's going on. That's really hard, um, but she just didn't give up. She was always there for her kid, and I think that's the most important point. Even if you don't understand it, even if you don't think you're doing the right thing, as long as you're there for your child or your loved one, that's huge. That's so, so important. So I think that was the main thing I, I kind of got from that really heartbreaking but also beautiful story. I just I felt so much gratitude coming mm. off the pages from you towards your mum who had yes. had to deal with a lot of requests for reassurance <sighs> yeah. because that obviously had been such a a key help to you in the yeah. years before you got a diagnosis. Absolutely. What do you hope this book will do for other sufferers, Penny? My my main reason for writing the book was to make sufferers of OCD and loved ones um, of those with OCD feel less alone because it can be so lonely. Um, that was my my kind of number one aim for the book. Um, and I guess the other thing was to try to dispel some myths because there's still so many misconceptions around OCD and that's having really negative flow-on effects. Um, as you said, there's such big gap between onset of um, of symptoms and diagnosis because some... some um, research suggests it could be up to, you know, 17 years average. Um, so so I just want to normalise it a little bit, talk about it a, li- a little bit more, just make people feel, yeah, just less alone. I yeah. Think. I, yeah, I think anyone reading your trial and error process with, <laughs> you know, with therapy of different kinds of medication would, would see how it's going to be an individual journey. Yeah. But, yeah, with the right support you can get there. Yeah. Penny, thanks so much for coming into Life Matters today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Penny Moody. The book is called The Joy Thief uh, about her experience with OCD. And the best place to call if this is something that's on your mind and you'd like to talk it through with someone, if it's raising any issues for you, uh, Beyond Blue, 1300 224636 if you really need some help right now. There's also OCD Australia. You can find them online. Lots of great resources. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.